Psalm 97 breaks into three parts. The first part that Louise read to us is the glory of God revealed in the world around us. The Lord reigns, let the earth be glad, let the distant shores rejoice. The second part of the psalm shows how nature and human beings respond to the revealing of God's glory. The heavens proclaim his righteousness and all people see his glory. All who worship images are put to shame. Those who boast in idols worship him all you gods. So all those who worship idols or fall for the idols of the time might be like our friend pre-God's love. They worship emptiness. And then Zion hears and rejoices, and the villages of Judah are glad because of your judgments. Lord, the God who reigns in majesty speaks into the context of our world and our lives. And then the third part of the psalm, near the end, verses 10 to 12, How do God's people then live in a world where not everyone recognizes God's rule? Three things, I guess, very quickly. What are we doing here? Well, we're here for longer than normal because communion's still to come. But why did we come this morning? Or why do we come? Because surely we can be Christians and go and walk by the seashore. Surely we don't need each other. In fact, we haven't spoke to each other across the church for a wee bit of time, even with the new welcome area. Why do we come and do this on a Sunday? Well, we do this on a Sunday because of what the psalmist is doing in the Psalms. We've come on a Sunday so that we can find the context of our lives with a reimagined or restoried world that is based on the gospel of Jesus Christ. That God exists, that he reigns. That on Thursday we have some kind of celebration that he ascended on high. And now is Jesus is now in some ways ruling over the principalities and powers of our world. We come so that we might find that not just in a story told, but in a story that we sing. In a story that as we sing it, it opens it to our hearts and lives. We become porous, as Bono said in the video, so that in the story that the world has out there, we might be restored and rechanged and thus restored, restored for all that's going on. Secondly, we want that to be honest. We don't want to hide from it. We don't want to deny it. We want worship songs like the worship songs we were singing today that talks about some of the troubles that we have, not only in people that might sneer at us or might reject us, but in the health situations that we have or the worries and stresses we have in life. Eugene's crosses that we all have. As you were coming into church this morning and the elders were praying as we do before we come to communion, we were listening from up there in the Onialaku room as the noises happened here and we are aware that in this room people carry their crosses. Not the ones we've decided to take up and carry, the ones that are thrown at us. And we want to be honest with that. We want to come in the midst of that and find those crosses and those struggles and the honesty of that enveloped by the reign of a God who loves us and is faithful in his love. James K. Smith, my guru, when it comes to worship, says, isn't that what Christian worship is also meant to be week after week? To let the Spirit of God, with whom nothing, uh, with, with whom nothing is impossible, convince us what can be. That despite a million voices crying otherwise, the gracious good news of the gospel is true. It is the one thing to understand the sentence, the dead shall be raised. It is another thing to feel what it must be like if it is true that he is risen. 
But this is a conviction that happens on the register of the imagination. Worship that restores our loves will be a worship that restores our imagination. Worship that restores our loves will be a worship that restores our imagination. We come to sing, we come to pray, we come to be quiet, we come to watch video, we come to laugh with the children, we come to hear the news that's happening in Fitzroy week after week because we want to have the love that we have for God and for life and for the world restored and our imaginations completely completely and utterly inspired that we might believe that we can go home different than we came. Hannah McPhillamy, who sang at the Four Corners Festival and launched her EP this week, somebody put up the lyrics of one of her songs today um, on Facebook, just in time. In this living building, there is room for you. In this house of healing, you'll be good as new. That's why we come on a Sunday morning. We come because in this living building, not in the building that we see around us or the stained glass or the pulpit or the carpet or the pews, the living building of one another, the living building of the sense of unity that we might have all different colored eyes, all different from our backgrounds, the living building that is Fitzroy community, there is room for you to come and sit in the midst of it, whatever cross you're carrying. And in this house of healing, you'll be made good as new. You'll be restoried as the stories outside crash in against us, as the stories outside twist us and make us cry and weep and worry and fear and feel self, low self-esteem or feel inferior or insecure. In the midst of that world, we come into this living building. We come into this house of healing and we hear and imagine something different going on in the world. It's what the spirituals did. The spirituals for those black slaves back in the other centuries, they told them about another story. They shared stories of the Bible in their songs. They, they shared stories of heaven coming, but it wasn't something that was just about then. It wasn't just some ethereal thing. The stories they sang in their songs, the heaven they believed in in their songs, somehow allowed them to restory the world they were living in, to restore their hopes and their faithfulness in a God who loved them and was born and died and was raised to life and ascended to send his Holy Spirit into the world that there might be justice, there might be righteousness, there might be something else. And so we go out from here, having come to this table in a moment, into a world where there's crosses all around. I love that idea of Eugene's, that every cross in every room of his house reminds us of the crosses that people carry in the world. And then he comes to that end bit where a theologian, where a poet theologian, where a translator of the scriptures and a rock star and someone who wants to do good things in the different organization that he does across the world commit themselves to the gifts that they have in order to deal with the crosses that are out there in the world. Because we restory those crosses through the cross of this table that says that one person came and one person died on a cross that might bring healing to all of us as we gather today in the context of this other story to be restoried, to be restored, to be those who might go and restory our world and restore people back to healing once more. Let's pray together. Lord, as we come around this table in a moment, we come with all kinds of crosses in the rooms of our own lives. 
and we come into this living building around this living table and realize that in Christ and by your grace, there is room for me. There is room for me. And that in this house of healing, at this table of healing, in this bread and wine, you can make us good as new. That we can be restored and that you can restore us in our imaginations with this other reality of Jesus, who he is and what he has done. So we pray, Lord, as we take this bread and drink this wine, that you will do just that. We will get into the very enactment of what we're doing here, and that in that restoring, you will take us out with new imaginations of what we can do with the people that we bump into this week or meet intentionally, that we can be your people, going back into your world full of crosses, carrying intentionally the cross of Christ that brings new life. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.